Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Declared to be guilty criminally and also an enemy of the state could be used by God to bring salvation. How foolish. Like we've seen thousands of people die this way. Why would this now save me? And so this is what's going on um, when we're starting to read this passage and why some would consider this foolish. However, it reveals God as creator and redeemer in that he is able to take a symbol of death and make it now into a symbol of life. Why? Well, because when Jesus died, he died for you and for me, for the forgiveness of our sins. We sang it, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And so he took a symbol of death, a criminal's death on the cross and turned it for us now who are being saved and us who believe As a symbol of power and of life. On Easter Sunday, why is today good news? Well, in order for Jesus to be raised again, raised to life, that means he had to die at some point. And so on Sunday, we're going to have a great service. And I pray that all of you here come back. Uh, We have great things in store. A great message again called the final word. And we're going to explore how Jesus' final word on the cross was actually not a sad one, but one of hope. Even in in how he was beaten, despised, rejected, mocked, spat on, all of those things. And yet Jesus, for the joy set before him, the Bible says he endured the cross. And so it wasn't easy, but there was great joy lying ahead of it. And what is that joy? Is that we have now the opportunity for eternal life. Because of his death, it's a symbol of death, but God now turned it into a symbol of life. So to those who are being saved, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, Now it is the very power of God. So to one side of the equation, it's foolish. This is ridiculous. This is how we kill guilty criminals On the other side, though, to to those who are being saved, who understand the message of the cross, it is the very power of God. So to try to explain the cross or deduce its importance in terms of human wisdom and philosophy would rob the cross of its power from sinners to saints. That's what happens. There's a great transfer through the cross, it takes us from being sinners to saints. Now, I've heard Christians say, well, you know, I'm a saint who sins. Uh, no, I'm a sinner saved by grace. So I would much rather personally identify myself as a saint who sins sometimes. Rather than identifying myself first as a sinner saved by grace. Both are true statements. But the perspective is very different. The perspective is different. So I'm a saint. Why? Well, because of the redeeming work of the cross. But I I sin sometimes. But when I identify as a sinner saved by grace, guess what? I'm reminding myself first that I'm a sinner. Though it's true, we are sinners saved by grace. 
But we identify because of the finished work of the cross as a saint who sins sometimes. The Bible does acknowledge that even the most righteous men sin seven times a day. So none of us are perfect. But we identify with the perfect God who sent his perfect son to die on a cross so that we might identify in his righteousness. So the wrath of God was satisfied on the cross when Jesus became the sacrificial lamb of God, the perfect lamb, once and for all. It's a finished work. So the wrath of God was satisfied. What does that mean? When, Jesus, when God looks at you and me, He sees us as righteous through the power of the cross. Do you see the beauty in that? It's, it's nothing that you could do. It's, it's not in good works. I, I had a, a Jehovah's Witness come to my doorbell a few weeks ago. And I had a lot of friends growing up who were Jehovah's Witness. And I knew that I could not argue them to believe what I believed. So I just said, hey, that's fine. But people rang my doorbell. And it was a frigid day in February. This is a couple of months ago. And I felt so bad. There was a lady and her niece of eight, eight or ten years old. And very, you know, cute little girl. My son's like, Dad, she's cute. Because uh, he was right there with me at the door. But basically, um, you know, I, I'm not shy about who I am. Uh, so I just said, yeah, that's I, Yeah, I do believe in Jesus. Actually, I'm a pastor, so I preach this every, every opportunity I get. And it, that's great. And she said, is it okay if I give you this brochure or pamphlet? I said, sure, no problem. I'll read it. And I took it. Um, and it, this is maybe a little bit of humor for us this morning. But Priscilla goes, why did you take it? Why do you? I go, I just wanted her to, you know, have one more check off of her list. Why? Because I remember my friends saying we go door to door because it's about how many works you've done. Because they believe and I'm not here to, to knock another faith or religion or belief system. All I'm saying is, when I read the Word of God, it's not by works that I'm saved. It's through faith, lest any man can boast. That's what the Word of God says. So I, I said, I feel bad for them. So I just wanted her to be a little bit encouraged and have a good rest of her day. It was really cold. Um, but... You know, they, they may come again, and maybe that'll be my opportunity. Say, yeah, I remember you. Now let me tell you about my Jesus. And uh, just trying to develop a little rapport with the community. And so, it's not by works. I cannot buy salvation. Um, so don't ever think that, well, I'm not good enough, and I've, I'm not worthy enough of God's love. No, no, no. The price was already paid. He already bought you. Now here's the thing. It's not free. I mean, it is free, but it's not cheap. It's free. The gift of salvation is free for everyone who believes and accepts it. But it's not cheap. Why is it not cheap? Because it cost God His one and only Son. That's the extent of His love for you and for me. And I pray this morning that you can grasp that love for yourself. I experienced it myself growing up. See, my parents' faith wasn't enough for me. I had to have an encounter with Jesus. And you know what? Now that I'm older and I'm a pastor, I still need a fresh encounter with Jesus. Why? Because I, I, forget, I forget the price that He paid on the cross when He bled and died for me. He did it for you and for me. We have to remember the message of the cross. It's much less about my thoughts about it. It's much more of God. What does the cross mean to you? What does the cross mean to you? So we can't explain it or deduce it. 
in terms of human wisdom. We, it it does, just doesn't make sense. Notice in verse 18, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very... It doesn't say wisdom, because that would be to me the opposite of foolish, but it says it is the very power of God. Why? Because wisdom is, is great to have insight, to be able to give wise counsel. But, what's, but that can't change me. Wisdom itself cannot change me. You know what changes me? Power. Power is what moves me. Power is what changes me. And so that's why when we talk about the opposite of it's foolish to those who are being destroyed or on a path of destruction, but to we who are being saved, it's not just wisdom, intellectual knowledge, It's the very power of God. And that's what brings change in your life and in my life. That's what transforms us from the inside out. And Paul, one of the great writers of the New Testament, Paul proclaimed several times as he did ministry, it's power to save, to deliver from sin, but also from Satan and demon possession, to heal and to restore man to God. This is preached throughout the whole New Testament leading up to today because every time we have an opportunity and we speak, the good news that is summed up in the cross. And so the Jews were after miraculous signs. This is why it was a stumbling block for them. They, they wanted miraculous signs. The Jews believed in God and that He was a miracle-working God. But the problem, the stumbling block, was that how could a Messiah be on the cross? And it, it, it did not translate for them. It didn't make sense for them. The Messiah was a contradiction to this term. Messiah doesn't die on the cross. He, he's a ruler and he reigns supreme. So to them, it was a stumbling block. They wanted a miraculous sign. It's like, save yourself. Call the angels to come and take you down. And it didn't happen. But Jesus knew he had to die. He could have, and he said, he goes, I could do anything that the Father wills. But he said, this is, remember he said, if, if it your, be your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, God, let your will be done. So to the Jews, it was a stumbling block. To the Greeks, they weren't actually so concerned with miracles, but they were all about the wisdom, intellect, the philosophy of everything. And so... They loved to speculate and wanted to satisfy their intellectual curiosity. But that's why the good news is far beyond wisdom. It's actually power. It's actually power. And so the Greeks maybe had a hard time receiving that as well. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of this good news of Christ, or the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God at work. So notice that it's power... And it's active. It's at work. Saving everyone who believes. Sorry, is saving who? Everyone. Saving everyone who believes. So my question is, if you've never heard the message of the cross, we're proclaiming this morning what the Word of God says is the message of the cross. The the missing element then is for you to accept and believe. To say yes. I understand now the message of the cross, and now I believe it, that God sent His Son Jesus for me 
to die for me, for my sins. Colossians 1 verse 20 says this, And through him, Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I love how it says he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. He made peace. My question to you is, have you ever been afraid of dying? Have you ever been afraid of, well, I don't know what happens after I die. I want you to know that Jesus came and he died for you and for me so that we might have peace. So you can lay your head on your pillow at night knowing that if I take my last breath, it's okay. Why? Because I believe in the power and the message of the cross that I am saved and I've been set free. And now I have this opportunity to lay my head down on my pillow every single night, every time I close my eyes to take a nap, and I don't have any fear of dying. And I've met people who, they were entrepreneurs, successful, multi-million dollar companies, but there was one thing that they could not overcome. You know what it is? The fear of dying. The fear of dying. They ha- and they said, money can't buy the peace. But there's this fear. And I wish, I was like, I, I wish you would give me a little more time Because I'd love to tell you about my Jesus. But that opportunity will come one day too. And what's important for us to understand. My grandmother's in Montreal. Just a little side note. In Montreal, she's 89 years old. I I drove there last Sunday straight after service. Because she's been in the hospital for several weeks now. Doctors weren't quite sure what's going on. And uh, so I went Sunday. And I drove back Tuesday night, the doctors said she has pancreatic cancer. And uh, not sure how long she has to live. They can't operate because the stress of that operation would be too much for her body. And she might not even recover from that. Um, so, But I, in speaking with my grandmother, you have to understand, they buried both their children. My mom and then my uncle both died. And I'm looking at her saying, why do you still love Jesus? Why, why do you still, I don't ask her verbally, I just, I wonder sometimes, like, what is it? I know what it is. But he, even there in the hospital bed, she said, you know what? If, if Jesus, uh, if God won't heal me, she said, it's okay because I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And listen, money cannot buy you that kind of peace. I've seen the opposite scenario where people, she's not on her deathbed quite yet. But I've seen people on their deathbed. And it's not pretty, and I'm not going to you know, emulate the sounds of them breathing their last few breaths. But I've seen it, and I've been there. Um, those who don't know Jesus as Savior, and it's not a pretty sight. Why? Because they're trying to hang on to life. Because they're afraid, or they, there's this fear still of, I haven't made everything right. There's no peace here. And they try to hang on with all of their strength, which is very, very little at that point. And you see the, the last struggle of life and breath. And I've seen believers who die and they're on their deathbed and there's peace. The families around them, they're singing hymns. What a different picture. What is the difference? I'll tell you what it is. We just read it. Colossians 1.20 Through Him, God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. So if you're here, Jesus died to give you peace. And to reconcile everything uh, by means how of Christ's blood on the cross. 
Christ's blood on the cross. Now I know the picture of blood is some of you faint even when you get a needle. But understand, there's power in the blood of Jesus. You have to understand. And I want to share with you this morning one more verse. And then I'm going to give you ten things that Jesus accomplished on the cross. But I want to read First Peter chapter 2. I'm, I'm not sure I have it on the slides but they can find it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Consider this about Jesus. He never sinned. 1 Peter 2, verse 22. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. And this is who Jesus is in a short introduction of who He is. He's, with humility, He endured the cross for you and for me. With love, He did it. Was it hard? Absolutely. Did He ask the Father, if, if I could skip this, let the cup pass from me? Yes. But what did He say next? Nevertheless, God, let Your will be done. And then He walked the journey to Golgotha, and, and He made His way and hung on the cross for you and for me. This is the kind of love that we have from our Savior Jesus. Ten things that Jesus accomplished on the cross for you and for me. They're not on the screen, so you'll have to write if you want them. Maybe we'll post them on our Facebook page so that you can find them. But number one, Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. Jesus was wounded that we might be healed. There's, there's healing. If you're sick today, we're going to pray at the end of the service. Um, we're not even necessarily going to come and lay hands, but you know that there's healing because of the power of the cross. Jesus was wounded that we might be healed. Number three, Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we, may, that we might be made righteous with His righteousness. Number four, Jesus tasted death for us that we might share his life. Number five, Jesus was made a curse that we might receive the blessing. And Jesus, number six, endured our poverty that we might share his abundance. Number seven, Jesus bore our shame that we might share his glory. Number eight, Jesus endured my rejection that I might have his acceptance with the Father. Verse uh, Number nine, he was cut off that we might be joined to the Lord. And number ten, our old man was put to death with him, that the new man might come to life in us. What a beautiful picture when we see the cross. And this, friends, is the message of the cross. It's, it's a great exchange that takes place. And I'm going to ask the band to come back up. In just a few moments, we're going to have communion. And as we do this, 
we're going to be doing a few things. We look backwards to the cross where Jesus died. We look forward to what lies ahead. We look upward for his soon return. And we look inward. Because the Bible says to examine our heart. The Bible says to examine our heart. And when we do this, this is open to all who believe. All who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we are to do it. When we do it, we examine our hearts, our our motive. But here's what I want to do. There might be people here, and I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet right now in this moment. You might be here, and you know the message of the cross. Maybe you even, you've heard it preached before. But today my call is very simple. I can't preach about the message of the cross and how we just have to believe and accept it without giving you an opportunity. And to me, this is the most important part of this morning service. Why? The Bible says that when a sinner comes home, if you go to our our website, westonroadchurch.com, we changed the front page and it actually says, feels like home. Because we want this place to be a safe place for you, a place that feels like home. But the Bible says that when a sinner comes home, the angels in heaven throw a party. They rejoice. They celebrate. And we do that as well. We, we get excited because when people begin, the light turns on. They say yes to Jesus. We rejoice with you. And I'm going to ask for every eye to be closed, every head to be bowed in this place. And to ask you this question. Jesus, we heard in the message, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, for you and for me. And we have this opportunity now to either accept it, and maybe you're here and you've already said yes, and, and you and Jesus are good, and you're, you're excited to partake in communion today. But maybe you're here, and there are two kinds of uh, people that I want to really reach out to right now. It's One is, you once said yes to Jesus, but you, you are not following Him in the here and now, and what we would call backslidden. You're, you're not really serving God. You're kind of fulfilling your own desires. But, but today the Spirit is calling and He's stirring your heart. He's bringing back to remembrance maybe what you learned as a child. Bringing back to remembrance the time you said yes to Him. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here and there once was a day where you said yes, but you've walked away, but today you want to make things right with God. Would you slip your hand real high? Just want to acknowledge that. I see a hand there. Is there anyone else? I want to pray with you. But before I pray, I also want to make an appeal to those who are here. and Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've been in church for a year, five years, even 20 years. But you've just been here because of someone else, a spouse, uh, or out of religious duty. But today, you understand the message of the cross afresh and anew. And it's not your parents' faith anymore. It's your decision. If you're here today, and you want to accept Jesus for the first time as Lord and Savior, you understand the message of the cross, how He died for you. Would you slip your hand real high? I just want to acknowledge that before we pray. I see a hand here. Anyone else? Anyone else? 
What I'm going to ask now is for you to take a bold step. And if you raised your hand for any of those two calls to come and meet me at this altar right now. And here's the reason why. The Bible says that if you confess me before men publicly, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. But if you deny me publicly, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. And here's the thing. If you can't stand for Jesus in church, how will you do it when you walk out these doors in just a few minutes? So I'll give, if there's anyone else who had a hand up, maybe you didn't slip your hand up, but you want to meet me in the front. I want to pray with you and we're going to celebrate together. And maybe you came with someone who, who has faith. You might want to even ask, hey, do you, do you want to respond? Do you want to come with me and, I'll, and walk them down to the front? We're not going to take any more time, but we just want to capitalize on this opportunity to pray. God bless you, bro. What we're going to do now as we pray is we're going to, I'm going to lead you in prayer. And I'm going to ask that you repeat the words I say. It's not that they're special. There's no formula. I'm just helping you articulate what you feel on the inside. And the beauty of it is as we say yes to him, everything Every resource of heaven is made available to you as a believer. The peace of God, the healing that we find in the cross, and all we have to do is every day live a life and strive to, to walk with Jesus. And it's as simple as that. So as I pray with these that have come, church, would you pray with us? Let, let's, let's make this a concert of prayer. So pray this prayer with me. Father in heaven, I thank you today. For the cross of Jesus Christ. I thank you that through the cross. I find my forgiveness of sin. For all the wrong things I've done. The way I've lived selfishly for myself. Today I acknowledge. That Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess it with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I am no longer slave to sin, but I'm raised to new life in Christ. Thank you that the past is gone and all things are made new. Thank you for new life. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. And thank you for forgiving my sins and making me white as snow. I choose today to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who will give me the strength and power I need to do it well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we rejoice with those who've come? I want to say this. Today is, marks a new day. It marks a new day. I don't know if you have a journal or a calendar or something, but mark today as a starting point of new life. And everything that you remember from yesterday is gone. God has made it all new. The Bible says that he's forgiven our sins as far as the east is from the west. And so th there's no more guilt either.
if there's guilt, it's not because of God. It's because the enemy's trying to remind you of how life used to be. And all you have to do is say, God, I thank you that I'm no longer a slave to my past. I'm no longer a slave to sin, but I live every day in the power of the cross because this is the message of the cross that we are free. Amen. I just want to say, God bless you. Amen. As you find your seat, I'm going to invite the deacons to come up as we prepare for communion. Now here's the beauty of today. These that have come up, who've said yes to Jesus, here's, here's your first meal together with your new family. Uh, because communion is what we do to remember how Jesus' body, as the symbol is the bread, how his body was broken for you and for me. And then when we have our cup, it is the symbol of the blood that was shed for our sins. And so I'm going to ask if deacons, we would prepare and get ready for this moment. You don't have to be a member of the church to partake. The, the condition is you are a believer in Jesus Christ. And as uh, the elements are distributed, if you would just hold on to the cup, hold on to the bread when it comes, we'll take it all together. We also have a gluten-free option that Pat right here will have. If you need gluten-free, you can just uh, signal to him and he'll make sure that you receive it. And we want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to partake today. Amen. Let me go ahead. Let's just begin to continue to have this atmosphere of worship as the team will lead us. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.